G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. On a Tuesday, we like to raise our sights above our own horizons here and look towards what's happening in the Middle East and particularly around the developments that are happening with the nation of Israel. Ron Ross has been scouring the headlines once again overnight to bring us a new update. And Ron's joining us. Hello, Ron. Welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's been a busy week. It has been a busy week. No doubt you've been following very closely the fact that it's been a weekend of violence in the Gaza Strip there between the Palestinians and the Israelis, Ron. And after 48 hours of an onslaught, a ceasefire is now holding in southern Israel. How do the news headlines look? Yeah, two days after Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad pummeled Israel with more than 700 rockets, and Israel responded with a show of force not seen since Operation Protective Edge in 2014, an undeclared ceasefire has held in the south. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, however, made clear that this would not be the last round of fighting in the coastal enclave. Over the last two days, we struck Hamas and Islamic Jihad with great force, he said. We hit over 350 targets, We struck terrorist leaders and operatives, and we destroyed terrorist buildings. The campaign is not over, and it demands patience. We are prepared to continue. The goal has been and remains ensuring quiet and security for the residents of the South. The ceasefire agreement was brokered, as previous ones were, by Egypt and the United Nations. Though the terms were not released, KAN News reported that they included Israel agreeing to the transfer of something like 30 million US dollars from Qatar to Gaza to pay Hamas salaries, reopening the crossings into Gaza and a return to expanding the fishing zones off Gaza's coast. Now, I can tell you there are a lot of people, even in Netanyahu's own party, Likud, who are not happy with these arrangements and they think he... uh, gave in to the fact that the Arabs are enjoying Ramadan at the moment. Hamas is expected to exert greater control over the Islamic Jihad, limiting their weekly greater uh, march of return riots along the border. But uh, the Islamic Jihad in Palestine is considered Iran's proxy to Gaza. And this is very interesting, Neil, because uh, you may have read about U.S. warships heading to the Middle East. And apparently it was the Secret Service in Israel that tipped off the United States that Iran was planning to attack uh, America. And uh, I wonder whether some of the reaction in the Middle East this week has not been to that uh, minor detail. Well, I recall in earlier weeks in the lead-up to the fighting that's broken out, Ron, that uh, you had been predicting from what the headlines were showing that uh, there were threats to all-out war. Uh, So uh, these things, if they can be brought under control, I guess that's a good thing. 
Ron, let's talk about the pressure that's coming on other Arab nations uh, with regards to the idea of a peace plan. There's a report that says Saudi Arabia has offered Mahmoud Abbas $10 billion to accept President Trump's Middle East peace plan. What's the story there? Yeah, I wondered, uh, President Trump has worked very uh, uh, tenderly towards Saudi Arabia and I wonder if this is not something of the payback. Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman reportedly has offered Palestinian Authority Chairman Mahmoud Abbas $10 billion if he accepts Donald Trump's long-anticipated peace plan, and that's been reported by the Lebanese Daily Al-Akbar. A senior Palestinian official in Ramallah declined to comment on the report. According to information attained by Al-Akbar, Salman briefed Abbas about the details of the deal of the century and asked him to accept it. The information obtained by the newspaper was based on reports written up by Jordan's envoy to Ramallah, Khaled al-Shawabakke, the paper said. The two leaders were reported to have held a series of meetings in which the Saudi crown prince asked Abbas, how much money does the Palestinian Authority and its ministers and employees need? Abbas responded that the Palestinians require $1 billion a year. The answer was, I'll give you $10 billion over 10 years if you accept the deal of the century. Interesting to see how that begins to unfold, Ron. Let's turn our sights towards Europe for a few moments. There's another headline, a UN official has compared the current climate in Europe to what existed before the rise of Adolf Hitler. Uh, What's the story there? The UN Special Advisor on the Prevention of Genocide has warned that political rhetoric being heard in Europe is similar to language used during the Nazis' rise to power. The signs of the 1930s are resurfacing. You all are witnessing every day the anti-Semitism which is rising. Adam Ding said at the second global summit on religion, peace and security that was held at the United Nations office in Geneva. While pointing out recent attacks against Jews, Christians and Muslims, Deng specifically called for action in Europe where he noted signs of growing militant nationalism based on racist ideology. Big massacres start always with small actions and language, he warned noting that the Holocaust perpetrated by the Nazis was preceded by hate speech and hate crimes that robbed Jews of their basic humanity. The Senegalese diplomat said Europe was witnessing daily humiliation and dehumanization of migrants and refugees. You are hearing political leaders in this continent who are simply using that category of population as a scapegoat. I can't help but think Politicians everywhere should uh, be more careful about the way they speak. Well, we hope that leaders around the world can learn some lessons from the past. Uh, But that is becoming increasingly, Ron, uh, a bit of a challenge uh, to expect leaders to be able to learn those lessons. Uh, Let's turn our eyes back to the nation of Israel and uh, some developments there on the population front where Israel's populations reached 9 million people. Yeah, the Israeli Central Bureau of Statistics has just released new figures. According to the data, the population of Israel stands at about 9,009,000 as of March 
this year. Roughly 6,665,500 Israeli citizens are Jews. That's 74% of the population as a whole. The Jewish population of Israel has grown by a million in the last 10 years. The Arab minority in Israel, comprising Muslims, Christians and Druze, stood at 1,878,600 people, about 21% of the population. This sector increased by less than 400,000 people during the same 10-year period. But it's amazing to see how Israel population figures continue to grow. And another good news story to top off these sorts of things we've been talking about here, Ron. Uh, 11 German Christians have returned to Jerusalem, a replica of the golden menorah, uh, that elaborate style candle holder that we sometimes see in Jewish symbolism, uh, stolen by the Romans. What's the story there? It's going back a while, eh? A group of 11 German Christians known as the Menorah Project, arrived in Jerusalem with a true-size replica of the Temple Menorah seized by the Romans in 70 CE, as it was captured being carried by Jewish slaves on the Ark of Titus in Rome. Now, the Roman Ark, celebrating the victory over Jerusalem, was built and decorated by craftsmen and artists well ahead of the return of the glorious military victor Titus from Judea, which means they were unlikely to have seen with their own eyes the objects they were carving in stone. The group introduced itself by saying, we are 11 young-at-heart people from German-speaking area. Not long ago, we were all strangers, which changed quickly through the work on the Menorah Project. Every one of us has individual talents that put together built a dynamic, complete team. We all carry a vision in our hearts, We long for the Christian church to turn back to their roots through the word of truth. As a group of young Christians, we accompany the menorah on its way from Rome to the eternal city, Jerusalem, in order to deliver it to the Jewish people. This will take place in connection with the Holocaust, Remembrance Day, Yom HaShoah, and the Israeli Independence Day, Yom Hatzmut. They declared, then they added, the nations of the world have received Jesus of Nazareth, who is the light of the nations and king of the Jews through the nation of Israel. And we are eternally grateful. Well, Ron, always appreciate you scouring the headlines. And, you know, it doesn't ever escape me the value of talking about Israel, given Israel's place in the prophetic fulfillments that we read about in the Bible, to be able to get a handle on things that have been happening just overnight. The current breaking news adds tremendous depth to our understanding of what's happening in the world. And uh, certainly appreciate you and the way that you do scour the headlines and bring the latest to us each Tuesday. Ron Ross, Thanks so much for being with us once again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.